Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. There's allegedly a new Jeopardy host, and literally no one has heard of him. Kendall Jenner had one job, and she's being sued for almost $2 million for just not doing it. And the summer rom-com is finally back with a vengeance. Do we have streaming to thank for its long-awaited revival? It's August 6, 2021. Hey, friends. I'm Shyla Watson. And I'm Ahiso Sifo. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, Ahis is back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> you are back. Um, so right before the show, we were talking about like our cell phones from back in the day. And you were saying that you had a razor. I was like a Blackberry person. Kids today just don't have options. And I feel like that's sad. Like, what can you do? Pick what color iPhone you want? Like, Honestly, that's all you got because, you know, Samsung is out here trying to flex their phones. I know there's like the Google Pixel, but at the end of the day, there's just a bias for the blue bubble. And if you're sending me a text yes. and it's a green bubble, miss I don't me with talk that. To you. No, I'm like... not going to respond. I'm absolutely <laughs> not going to respond. I'm going to report it to the police. I'm like, this okay. is spam. This is like very probably controversial, but I ghosted someone because they had a green bubble. I fully fully support that, Shyla. I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that's self-preservation because here's the thing. If y'all were to date and fall in love, you would have to date a green bubble for the rest of your life. Right? Like, no, I deserve better than that. Absolutely not. You do. You deserve a (laughs) never settle for anything less than the blue bubble. That's okay. Yes, that's going to be my mantra moving forward. (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about Jeopardy. I mean, there have been weeks of guest hosts following the passing of Alex Trebek. Rest in peace. Yes. And it's been announced recently that Mike Richards is reportedly in, quote, advanced negotiations to become the permanent host. This, of course, has led to a lot of people wondering... Who the fuck is Mike Richards? I, mean, <laughs> I was answer... hoping you could tell me, Shyla, because I know I don't know. 
Okay, so, I mean, I guess the short answer is he's an executive producer on Jeopardy, but the most important part of that is he's not LeVar Burton. I just, no offense to Mike Richards as a human being, but a little bit of offense to this person as the host of Jeopardy. I understand they wanted like a new face to bring him in, to build him up like Alex Trebek. But here's the thing. Alex Trebek is Alex Trebek. He has a legacy that you have to uphold and you can't fill those unfillable shoes with a rando. Whereas LeVar Burton, you know, he taught a generation. I remember Roots. I remember Between the Lions. Like, he taught me how to read. He taught me what a compound word was. And, you know, there's a whole generation, the people who are currently watching Jeopardy, and we have a special relationship with LeVar Burton. But then there are also the Gen Zers who are like, ooh, who's this dude? Oh, who's this cool, diverse lad? You know? I want to see more people who look like me on these shows. I'm tired of seeing white men telling me I didn't get this trivia question about the fall of the Roman Empire, correct? (laughs) Well, I mean, it hasn't been like it's not a done deal yet. So maybe they will take in public opinion and and fix this. We are going to start a petition (laughs) and it's going to get a million signatures by the end of the day. Done and done. (laughs) All right. So in other truly wild news, Kendall Jenner is being sued for $1.8 million for allegedly breaching the terms of a modeling contract. Kendall, who was the world's highest paid model, which I did not know, had been hired for $1.5 million to do two planned photo shoots for Italian fashion house Lujot. The second was delayed because of COVID-19. According to the brand, Kendall failed to respond to rescheduling requests and ultimately never attended a second shoot, even though they'd already paid her $1.35 million. Now, the lawsuit comes just two months after Kendall defended herself against accusations that she's had a modeling career, quote, handed to her as a result of her fame. I I have thoughts. What are your thoughts? Kendall, honey, if you're listening, <laughs> just 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 going to put it out there. If you're trying to combat rumors and, you know, accusations that you got your modeling career handed to you, one of the ways to do that is to show up and do your fucking job, especially one you were paid for. Right. Like, I I know modeling is a hard gig. I have no doubt about it. And I'm not saying she's not good at her job. Like, yes, maybe she had it handed to her because of her fame. But I think that she I mean, if she's the highest paid model, like she must be very good. But I think that that also comes with responsibility to actually put in the work and, you know, be a professional. So here's the tea. You know that Naomi Campbell or Tyra Banks or even Gigi Hadid, they respond to their emails. You mean to tell me you couldn't even respond for a reschedule? It's one thing if like, oh, your plane was delayed or, oh, like a family emergency came up, but you fucking communicate. This is your job and you're getting paid millions of dollars to do this job and you can't even pick up your iPhone and respond. Especially because, like, you know she has people to do it for her. Exactly. All you have to be like is, hey, (laughs) assistant number three, can you let this company know that, you know, I'm not feeling it today or something? I don't know. I just think it is. (laughs) I just think it is unacceptable that you're not even responding to a request to reschedule when they already paid you to do the job. Like, I don't have sympathy for that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, Kendall aside... The next thing that we have to talk about is 
summer movie season, it's it's finally here. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and if it's telling us anything, it's that rom-coms are finally back. But where did they even go? We're talking all about the genre's rise and fall after the break, as well as our favorite picks for the summer of 2021. Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno-history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, with Marvel movies and action adventures constantly crushing it at the box office, for a while it looked like audiences were over the romantic comedy. But if the buzz surrounding movies like Kissing Booth 3, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and Always Be My Maybe are any indication, summer rom-coms are back in full force. And honestly, it's about time. Do we have Netflix to think? And which movie will emerge as the romantic comedy of the summer? BuzzFeed's Lauren Garofano joins us now as we break it all down. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh my God, thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so between Bridgerton last year and, I mean, never have I ever this year, it seems like TV is the new rom-com breeding ground. But some even say Netflix is basically saving the rom-com genre. What are what are our thoughts here? I prefer, I don't know about you guys, I prefer the TV rom-com just because it's like, 
you really do get that slow burn of the will they won't they kind of romance and it honestly it's like it's similar to me to like a book where it's like you're yearning and you're just agonizing over all of these episodes instead of just a 90 minute movie which I love I was also gonna say you know you're you're with the characters for so much longer and you know you get to really invest in the lives of these people especially like you know with never have i ever fingers crossed we get a season three but you know we're growing with these people we're like you know understanding their motivations we're understanding you know the their the choices that they make at different stages in their lives and it feels like a lot more real which i feel like you know with movie rom-coms that can sometimes be the critique it's that it's like oh this is no no way is this realistic but with the show you have so much more time to like build that connection so it feels a bit more a bit more genuine yeah i completely agree i feel like movies are more like plot focused and tv shows are more character focused for exactly the reasons you said we just have more time with them and for romance that's i always want more so that's good (laughs) totally so but this all begs the question was the rom-com on the verge of dying and how did it manage to fall out of fashion for a while and you know i think you know we were all kind of discussing and i think again it's it seems at times it could feel a little a little far-fetched in in moments when we want something a bit more a bit more realistic something that we can kind of you know feel a bit more grounded in it feels to me kind of like the fashion like a fashion trend almost where it's like these things cycle in and out and what now we're back to 90s fashion again y2k fashion is all it's back and it's bigger than ever and i feel like movies kind of do this as well um there i guess there was a bit of a death of the rom-com because in the 2000s 2010s we had all these big franchises that appeal to like such a large audience where it's like everyone can kind of get something out of these marvel movies everyone can get something out of these harry potters your twilights your hunger games um whereas rom-coms i feel like have such a specific audience but we did do we did have wins like easy a and there was crazy stupid love and i think part of the reason those were such big wins were they weren't like a stereotypical 90s rom-com. They kind of reinvented the cycle and the plot wasn't as predictable as they have been in the past. I definitely will say Easy A is one of my favorite modern rom-coms of all time. I still think Emma Stone was robbed for the Golden Globe, but I digress. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, this is both to Lauren and Shyla, but can we pinpoint exactly when the rom-com came back? Like when it was finally quote unquote cool again to like rom-coms. <laughs> I mean, for me, I kind of think to all the boys on Netflix. Mm, yeah. I mean, but like, I mean, first of all, I think just having rom-coms be available for streaming and like totally. make it more accessible. I feel like before it was like you had to drag your boyfriend or whatever to like go see a rom-com and it was like a whole to-do. But having it accessible from your home, I think, makes a huge difference. Um, and then Lauren mentioned Crazy Rich Asians as like the big like theatrical one. I feel like that was huge, too. But I don't know. I feel like to all the boys really blew up and people were like, I need a thousand things like this now. <laughs> yeah, it was that year, like 2018, 2019, where it was like to all the boys and Love Simon, and then Kissing Booth came out, and then like it just felt like every other month was a new one. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think the the advent of Netflix originals really helped. 
you know, kind of bring rom-coms into the foreground, especially since Shyla said before it had to be like a whole production. You had to like drag someone to go with you or, you know, go to a theater. And then there's still like the stigma of like, oh, you're seeing a rom-com, which is like bull, but you know, it still comes with it. But now that it's on Netflix, we can watch it in the comfort of our own homes and we can watch it as many times as we want. I'm not going to lie. When the kissing booth came out, I watched it three times opening weekend and I'm going to keep watching (laughs) it, you know? So, and like, I feel like, you know, the, the, the advent of streaming, especially, you know, the ability, the rewatchability of it all, you can watch it by yourself. You can watch it with friends. You can watch it with a partner that kind of removes the pressure when it's like in your home. I honestly can't tell you the last rom-com I saw in theaters. I think it was Crazy Rich Asians. That actually brings me to my next thing. Netflix is really shaking up rom-coms like, you know, not just by having them be available for streaming, A, but just like they're recreating stuff. So they're doing this whole remake of He's All That, which is now gender swapped, starring Addison Rae, a remake of the 99 classic. And it really reminds us how different things are today versus in the 90s when rom-coms were super big. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Have you seen this trailer? Do you think it'll live up to the original? Are you going to watch it? Tell me. Lorna, I'll let you kick off yeah. this discussion. <laughs> I'm going to watch it, obviously, because I can't not watch it. I'm interested to see, because I feel like one thing that, like, at least, like, 90s rom-coms always feels like people's behavior is so universal, and I don't think that really changes, but, like, I don't know, just the era, the clothes, the lingo. Even now, like, they have phones and there's social media. I'm really interested to see how that will kind of change the story into what it is now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to obviously watch it. Uh, You can't put a rom-com on Netflix and not expect me to watch it at least twice. Um, But I do think the the thing with 90s rom-coms is that, again, it it was a different time. So, like, something like She's All That could kind of work in the 90s, you know? I feel like have, like, redoing it, even with the gender swap. I'm curious to see how they tackle some of the issues that we are now noticing in the 99 original, if that makes sense. Because looking back, it's like these, you know preppy white boys are like oh i bet you can't take any of these girls and make them into a prom queen and they're like oh like pick the girl with the glasses and overalls she's a go oh no underneath the overall she's so hot like this is great and again like that's the surface of the movie obviously like zach and laney he realizes that you know the feelings are more than skin deep it's 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 you know internally who she is as a person that's what really attracted her to him and you know same with her she was like oh you're more than just this popular jock you actually have feelings you actually like you know have wants and desires that being said it's still the premise of the movie is you know this uggo girl who needs a makeover so seeing that in 2021 even though it is gender swapped i'm again i'm gonna watch it no shade but i feel like if we wanted to recreate another 90s classic we could have picked a different one Well, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because like as much as I love the original movie and like both that movie and a lot of other 90s and like 2000s classics don't necessarily hold up to 2021 standards. I mean, do you guys think that there's an opportunity here to sort of correct problems with more remakes or should we just let them be and create some new stuff? Like I was thinking about John Tucker Must Die and there's a scene in the movie where 
like he literally says, "Oh, it's just locker room talk," and I was Oof, like, oh, that's an age oh. well. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm just like, should we retake that movie? Like, I mean, I think that there's a huge opportunity to incorporate diversity and have more queer stories. But like, do we recreate things that have already been done or do we just start fresh? What do you guys think? Are are there lines that could be reworked? Obviously. You know, could there be more diversity? I mean, I know we had a Shanti, but we could have, you know, an Asian woman in there. We could have a Latinx woman in there. Like, they're, they're obviously, like, you know, that's something that we can workshop and we can make more diverse. I would love to see a reboot of John Tucker must die, to be honest, but that's yes, a discussion for on, that's Netflix. a discussion for another day. Um, but also, when I look at she's all that, you know, for me, like inherently, the plot is something that regardless of how you cut it, dice it up, slice it up and serve it. It's not, it's not going to hold up to 2021 standards. It's like, it's the same reason why I pray to God that they don't ever do a remake of never been kissed because that ended up uh, like, that's just, yeah. The like, no, we should, yeah. we should keep that in the past. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there, there are some nineties films that, you know, live up to to our standards but there's some that should just kind of stay 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 in the stay in that gear i almost feel like i wish we would just like let these movies lie and and yeah and just restart doing like our own things because like the whole makeover and he's all that she's all that i don't know i think that's not the only movie that's ever done the makeover thing so i don't know if we necessarily need to reboot that same idea and have it be like part of the like a continuation or a remake i think we as a society have more ideas and have more to offer to these movies i think a lot of i think we can do more if that makes sense yeah no it does um something else that i've noticed okay so we've got movies like kissing boo three coming out he's all that cinderella these are all teen rom-coms is that just the rom-com audience now? Like, does this mean that the return of Bridget Jones and like the Reese Witherspoon era of movies are a pipe dream? I mean, Lauren, you're Gen Z. So what do you think? I mean, I I do love a teen rom-com. I will watch every Same. single one of them. <laughs> and I do, I feel like I can't tell if that's the rom-com audience or is that the streaming audience? Because I feel like lots of kids in high school, like you come home from school, you come home from, I don't know, whatever you're doing on the weekend, you don't have a nine to five job every day. So you do have all of this time to binge watch everything. And even like just a lot of your friends and all, all over social media, it's like this community to watch all of these shows, watch all of these movies. That's kind of popular. It's kind of a thing. I do wonder that... There must be an audience for these, like, like a Reese Witherspoon or a Bridget Jones, because I still, as a, much as a fan I am of these high school ones, I would watch a remake of those. I agree with Lauren. I feel like you know Netflix has uh, caters to sometimes a younger audience, but they do have like older rom coms, like Falling in Love. I feel like Netflix kind of realized, oh, like this is our bread and butter, so like let's kind of keep making what works, but. Maybe this just means that, you know, we can keep, we can have, you know, the abundance of teen content to binge and then we can have the more 
adult higher budget rom-coms for theaters because you know nancy myers she's still kicking she didn't go anywhere so i'm just waiting to see what she's cooking up because lauren i think you make a really good point like kids are coming home from school they're like sitting down to netflix like doing whatever and i feel like maybe going to the movies might be more of a millennial thing i i don't know but i mean do you have any other final thoughts on that like do you think that gen zers want to just see themselves on screen do you think that they're just like not interested in anyone else (laughs) i think there is like this idea that like like people like lana condor they feel like real to us where it's like this person is like so similar in age like she looks like a lot more people than like addison ray does and it's just like it's comforting to see someone that looks like you on screen that is young that's i don't know i think there is something about it and there are always people that you kind of want to be or you want to be friends with and I think Netflix does really well with casting those kinds of people but yeah I do think it's a millennial thing to go see a movie to go out and have it be like a social event whereas your Gen Z comes home from school puts on whatever's on Netflix and then can start and stop can pause to go do their homework can like eat dinner can like call their friends and then like pick up right back where they left off totally okay so i just final question i've got to ask you both which summer rom-com are you the most excited about is it kissing booth three is it he's all that something i haven't heard of go kissing booth three i was gonna say i'm really excited for he's all that i need to know how it's gonna happen i just i need to i'm gonna watch it the second it comes out I just, I want to, yeah, I need to see how it's different, but also how it's the same and just how they do it Gen Z-ified. I'm also just excited to see how Rachel Lee Cook plays plays into this. I think she plays Addison's mom, yeah, um, but I don't think it's a continuation of the original. I think it's a, like a true like reboot, but I'm just excited. I wonder if they're going to throw in like any fun little Easter eggs from like, a, like any fun callbacks from the original. Well, I will be watching both. Um, <laughs> Lauren, this was so much fun. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about TV and all things rom-coms. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you get paid to do a job, show up and do the fucking job. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Joshua Burnley, Tanya Bustos, Jess Goodwin, and Erica Nedanine. Special thanks to Samantha Henning and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go to for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Hey, Randy, what you doing? Oh, hey, Dave. I'm just making a list of things that make me feel really, really good. Wearing Bombas socks. Trust me, that's number one on my list. Bombas socks feel so good because we use the smartest design and best materials, making them the most comfortable socks ever. Plus, because socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, we donate a pair for every pair purchased, and that feels pretty good, too. To shop Bombas or learn more about how your purchase supports those experiencing homelessness, go to bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first purchase. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com mobile or in your app store. 
Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment. From DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.